FBI Radio and Fire Up are proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. And now the Gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Uh, it's just rubbing salt into the world. You can see the head crash there. Oh, very nasty. And the crowd love it. They've all taken the angry pill. That smashes him to ground. The one-handed pass back inside. With a delicate kick. And he smacked their bottoms with a beautiful bit of football early. Thank you, Mrs. Robinson. Another little slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. It's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Step, steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and... Chris Gale. As they fire up. Yeah, well, Chris, I am relatively fired up. I hope you are too. Look, we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> we do. Kevin. Kevin Rudd. Kevin Rudd. Geez, he's got to think about News Corp at the moment, hasn't he? He's got a real bee in his bonnet, hasn't he? Something under his skin there. No, not Kevin Rudd. I've got to think about News Corp as well, Stephen. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you know who Gary Jubilant is, but if you read The Telegraph, you will know who Gary Jubilant is, but that's another story. My access to The Telegraph seems to have dropped rapidly over the last few years. I don't know why, Chris. Uh, uh, I just find it uh, not as engaging as it used to be. And yes, I do know about the little kid gone missing, but that's about as far as my Kevin... What's his name? Jubilant. Yeah, Gary Jubilant. But, Gary uh, but, Jubilant. But, but, what's he going to do with Kevin anyway? <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I read the Telegraph, Stephen, for research purposes only. Yes. Because if, That's what you tell your tax I, agent. I, I need to know about rugby league and I need to know about rugby league the way that Buzz Rothfield sees it. Ah. And uh, where does he rank on the rugby league's greatest thinkers ever? Well, it, you know, it's it really is He's a... nudging. <laughs> nudging close to, what, top three? I actually feel that... Um, yeah, a little bit like us, Stephen. Buzz is one of the eldest states people of the game, and and their commentary and their insights may not be as relevant as they once mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the concern that I have. Now, rugby league is forever evolving at a rapid rate, faster than most of us keep track of. And of course, the kiddies, the kiddies <laughs> that get invested in rugby league do so for a number of reasons. You know, one is of course it's a it's a contact sport which they love, but it's the colourful characters of rugby league that really. There's two different parts. There's on the field and off the field, I believe. And Kevin Proctor, <laughs> the Kevin I'm talking about it was it was one of those great identities particularly when he was with melbourne and everyone called him sideshow bob exactly because hair is to rugby league as rugby league is to hair and um when you've got it flaunt it yes. and proctor's got the ability to curl it yes. dread it yes and sideshow bob it sometimes it's uh, like a mushroom style cut yes like uh dare i say sure in the 70s <laughs> you know like it's got a drop and then a flat butt at the bottom but it's got body hasn't it <laughs> 
Did you just watch the Sunny and Cher show on Saturday afternoon Absolutely, on Channel 7? Absolutely, Chris. You know, I got you, babe. I got you, babe. <laughs> Would you consider us doing a duet single sometime, Stephen? I mean, I know you used to sing professionally. It amazes me that you did, but... Well, Chris, it's got to have a bit of class. <laughs> That's right. Dare I say. And perhaps something European. We might touch a bit on that oh, later. Oh, why not? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, might but, yeah, no, the but famous Brigitte Bardot and Serge Gainsbourg. You know, we might but, try something like that. But you're right, Stephen. I mean, people will go... Look at the soft drink can. It's always been the same. But if you look at a soft drink can over, say, a 10 to 20-year horizon, you'll see changes in material profile and shape. The Proctor has gone through many moods over the... 12, 13-odd years he's been playing professional rugby league. Right. Well, he was he was one of those great characters at uh, Melbourne. Who's he playing for now, Chris? I've, I lose touch, and I think that's one of the great <laughs> things that rugby league has lost touch with, that people need to identify to be loyal, and I don't think the players get it. One minute they're, they're singing the team song in blue and gold, the next week it's purple and yellow. Right, teal. It, Teal, whatever. Uh, you haven't lost touch, Stephen, because Kevin Proctor is playing for the Gold Coast Titans. Right. And let's face it, as uh, sometime uh, co-host of the show, H. Cale used to say, I've never met a Titans fan. I've never seen a baby pigeon. And the Gold Coast Titans have a PR issue, Stephen, and yes. apparently even getting Mal Meninga on board, the immortal himself, hasn't been able to fix it. So Would the- get, getting Cameron Lucifer Smith. Would that affect things at all? Well, I, I just simply say, if Cameron Smith is contemplating moving to the Gold Coast, yeah. there two words for Cameron, they are Wally Lewis. Yes. I mean, when he went from the Broncos to, I don't know, was it the Giants, the Chargers, who, who the remembers? Seagulls? Who knows? Who remembers? Right. Uh, but they, you know, they've got a new coach up there. Yeah. Uh, they've got the connection with Rebecca Frizzell's car dealership, and they're looking for marketing Jeez, opportunities. They're really flying. How do you get yourself into the papers, Stephen, if you're a franchise that nobody cares about, that nobody yeah. watches? And no one can visit. Right, and you've got a guy who's got um, form, he's got hair, yeah. he's had a little bit of controversy in his yeah, past. Yeah. Um, you get him to bite someone, Stephen, that's what you do. Man, if you've got an opinion about biting in life or on the field of rugby league, there's a text line here, 0409-945-945. And look, on the list of atrocities, which we have delved into incessantly over the years, for some reason there's some sort of psychological um, recoil, dare I say, about biting... A little bit, even more so than gouging, pulling at the eyes. But, you know, you can break a man's thigh bone. You can pull their tendons apart. You can nearly pop their eyes out. Not as bad as biting, is it? I love, actually, I've got to talk about old school yeah. and whether we're still relevant or not. I love the reference to thigh, bur- thigh bone. It would be femur. Thigh bone? You know, like, like, <laughs> Don't you remember that song connected to your thigh bone, Chris? <laughs> right. So we, we talk about, you know, what's the worst appellation for a player? You're yeah. a germ, a virus, a grub, dot, 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 right? Yes, yes. Um, Lucifer, they obviously. They should be on their jumpers, shouldn't That's they? That's right. On the <laughs> back. Various... You're certified germ. Well, they're, they're, they're badges of honour. Yes, and, yeah. if, and if you change, if you go up or down a grade, dog. <laughs> Simple. So then, then, you know, Rabs just has to say, dog. Passes to grub. Well, no one, no one plays super coach anymore, do they? I mean, that that's that's oh. gone the way of the oh. the dinosaur, right? right? You know, player ratings and, and you know meters gained yes, and yes, tackles. Yes. I'd much rather see something where you actually have to position your roster based on the number of grubs, viruses, and dogs and germs. Yeah, and you, you have to have team. a certain ratio to your. That's Christ. right. There's yeah. a draft and yeah. there's a restriction on each category. Now, so, we're, we're, hang on. We're, we're talking about Kevin, right? So Kevin has been labelled a biter. Labelled? He's been convicted. He's been convicted as a biter. That's correct. Oh, my God. No, this is not the same Kevin that we remember outside of Canberra nightclub a few years ago whilst playing after, I think, an Anzac test. With Kevin and Jesse? Yes. Right. Yes, that might be the same and, Kevin. And the, and the thing was, they were using a smartphone <laughs> they were using to a line smartphone. up, and not allegedly, it was caught on CCTV. <laughs> 
White powder. <laughs> well, cocaine. Yeah. yeah really Same, though? Kevin. Can, well, yes, but can you trust CCTV footage, Stephen? Because I want to explore that true. in this Kevin situation. Yeah. But what you're alluding to there, by the way, in the same way that we've got player ratings, we've got act ratings. And I think, yeah. let's just call them over the broad category of dog act. Yes. Right? And it seems that in rugby league, as you say, you can snap a place. <laughs> But <laughs> you can chicken wing him. But if, but if you nip the guy, yeah, oh no, you're yeah. off to purgatory yeah, yeah. normally, or dare I say gouge. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole sort of uh, classification system has yeah. been thrown into stark yes. relief this week with the Proctor yes. Sean Johnson. Chris, you just you just mentioned the word nip. Yes. Now nip sounds to me affectionate. Yeah, it's playful. Like, right, playful. Yeah. And, and let's face it, in this pansexual world. A nip is a nip is a nip, and, and it's playful, and it's potentially affectionate and potentially sexual. Now, that brings us to me. Well, ha- in your world, How many overly gay men I, have we I, got at this point in time in rugby league, Chris? Currently playing? Anywhere. Hang on. Let me just go to the uh, big league program if it's still being published. Can you? Yes. Just, I'll just r- rifle through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's zero. Zero? <laughs> that's right. Hang on. And what's the percentage generally accepted in the general population, Chris? Well, I, I mean, I'm no expert, fact, but I think 10%. 10% would be fair. Mm. Something's amiss here. It's not matching. The game has made great strides in certain areas, Stephen, but it's not a complete picture. It's not perfect. No. And that's kind of... Played Part out of in the, the appeal. In the, in, sorry. <laughs> Part of the appeal. Well, possibly, but that sort of kind of played out in this great panorama about this biting incident because there's so many factors that have come in. It comes into what is a player's word worth. Right. What's the relevance of footage? Right. Can we trust what we see on a camera anymore? Uh-huh. Why is it the rugby league prosecutes players rather than old school? has hearings into the matter. Right. Okay. Right. We're talking about Kevin Proctor here. We need to talk about Kevin because Kevin has, has, has moved from nip to bite, uh, has been charged on one Sean Johnson. Now, as it turns out, Sean goes, I thought I got bit, but it's Kevin. As time went on, I realised that that doesn't add up to me. So when he mentions time, he's on the field running around thinking, hang on a second, but that doesn't quite work. That's Kevin. Kevin and I, we're both from the same place. We're both from New Zealand. We're teammates, international teammates. teammates. Yeah, we know each other. Kevin wouldn't bite me. So we go back to the biting incident. Can you just give us a little description of what happened? So uh, it was the uh, Cronulla Southern Sharks playing a home game at their home ground, Netstrata Cogra Jubilee, mm-hmm. the, the home of the Cronulla Sharks. And uh, they were playing the Gold Coast Titans, and there's a tackle, and there's a bit of an incident. And the initial reaction from the great referee, Henry Perinara, is towards six again to the Titans. The great referee, Henry <laughs> Perinara. <laughs> the octopus Who I himself. believe is going to change his colours tonight with the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons and actually give us a little bit of a break. Have you got Henry tonight? Thanks, Henry. Have you got Henry, Henry tonight? Are you listening? Yeah. yeah you're no chance. And <laughs> and uh, he's going to award Arvin Bell style six again. But Proctor has, <laughs> and but Johnson has not come reeling out of the tackle, mind yeah. you. He's just come up and he goes with, with colourful language. Because you, you normally reel back, right? Yeah, you normally reel back. Yeah. He's just sort of more elevated and popped up. Yeah, yeah. Looked at his arm. Yeah. And has gone through some sort of foreign experience because he's felt a sensation, sensation. on his arm. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, he's concluded, based on no previous experience, because yes. he's never been bitten before, yes. Yes. nipped playfully or otherwise. Now there are three that things. That, there are three things that make a, a rugby league player real bad. <laughs> one is <laughs> salary one, negotiation. One is the hopper, the hopper probe. Yes. Uh, two is the is the the uh, what did I say? The scrotum grab or the squirrel grip? Squirrel grip. And and the, the wheels. Bite. And the bite. The wheels. And the, yeah. and the and the bite. The gouge, the gouge, would you throw the gouge into a real back? Not or a real back, no. Because you generally your head's been held there. No, they're, they're guaranteed, those three. Yeah, okay. Guaranteed. Yeah, go to the bank, okay. yeah. So he goes, um, anyway, time to clear the air afterwards. He says, I do believe Kev had a nibble. 
So that's a new twist. A yes. New, is there a different charge from a nip to a nibble to a bite? Well, to uh, a complete, I've taken your nose off with one chunk. There has been a lot of conjecture about this because if you think about it, even just in the last week as a result of the Jesse Bromwich, Bromwich hip drop, yes, they've uh, they've gone into new grades for crusher tackles, yes, and there are various things about reckless and uh, careless and intentional and whatever. For some reason, the philosophical question for, for rugby league has been answered this way: a bite is a bite is a bite, not a nibble. And it seems, particularly because of your personal experience in the boudoir, etc., yes. that there is a range yes. of interaction between teeth and flesh. I think so. And maybe rugby league, because it is, de- as we pointed out, deficient in certain areas of society absolutely. and recognition. Absolutely. They need to get forensic about a bite. They need to right. go CSI. Right. And right. recognise the difference between... Yeah. Because... Sean Johnson's arm, which was described in some of the evidence as a destructive mechanism, destructive mechanism. was across the face of Proctor <laughs> yes. and pulling his neck in a certain direction. Who we now find out has sinus issues, as you would after outside of a Canberra nightclub. <laughs> well, if you can trust that footage. If you can trust that footage. Right. Uh, and and it led no greater luminary, as we mentioned before, than Mal Meninga to say that Jesse was simply reacting because he was fearing for his life. Yes. Can't that, breathe through the mouth, that's can't breathe real, through the nose. So Jesse was reeling too. <laughs> totally reeling. Yeah. And so therefore he involuntarily grazed the mouth guard, mm, perhaps. Mm, mm, mm. We just don't know. No. There was a red mark on Johnson's arm, but that could have been from last night. That could, could have, have been a hickey. Could have been an allergy. That's right. A reaction to that uh, that abrasive turf that's on uh, the home ground this, of the Sharks, Cogra con- Jubilee. Contact sport, Chris. <laughs> a, boot, a boot could have scraped his arm. Anything at all. And then so many flaws in the process, given that they do prosecute, Stephen. Yeah. There were no witness statements taken at the time. None. Johnson had to go on Instagram in right. order to give a statement. Right. There was no examination of the mark by Perinara because right. he was trying to keep the teams apart. So there no, was no, me- no medical proof. No photograph of no the... There was no, no DNA taken. Goodness gracious like, me. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't... You wouldn't even get to court, Stephen. No, no, no. But for rugby league, yeah. that's good enough, let's go. So you say he's been charged, but has there been an absolute penalty applied yet? So what happened is they had a, a four-hour... It yeah. took them two minutes to work, and I want to come back to previous incidents and yeah. how this all fits yes, in a moment. Yes, yes. But it took them about 60 seconds to work out that Proctor had to go, mm. like, you're off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a four-hour hearing took place on Tuesday night, if I'm remembering this correctly, Stephen, and involved the referee and various witnesses and And who so was forth. representing young Kevin? So Kevin went for aspiring and up-and-coming sports lawyer, Tim Fuller, <laughs> Stephen. Yeah, who, what's he done before? Well, he's representing uh, uh, Shana Jack, the Australian Olympic swimmer who's been charged with the use of performance-enhancing drugs. Gee, that's been going for a while. James Sigiaro, yeah. also, who has the blended Ooh, offence. gracious. Me, like yeah. the... Uh, yeah. The roids were in the blender. That so, was my so flatmate. So we're talking top shelf here. Represent- been exonerated in Proctor's defence. Yes, and he's so. And, and we have the hearing despite that lack of forensic evidence, and we've got the witnesses. Mm-hmm. First thing Tim says, he goes to referee Henry Perinara. Oh, did Proctor by Johnson? And the chair of judiciary Bellew had to intervene and said, "That's not an appropriate question. That's not what the referee is here for." Yes. And Tim's response was, "So referee Perinara did." Fight Johnson. Well, top shelf then. He's a bit of a boob, I think. A bit of a boob. Okay, now look, there was history of this, and we were talking about the psychological response to biting and how bad it is. And one James Graham, who was a, a proud bulldog and then a proud St George, now he's off to England, back to be with the family. He he is much loved, but By he you, wasn't as a St George player. What did he do for you guys out of interest? Oh, a bit of get up and go, a bit of vim, a bit of like, let's go, boys, you know, that sort of thing. But you're right. When he left this shores, yeah. I mean, obviously there were COVID restrictions as to how many of us could be out at uh, Mascot, but I was there. Mm. And he was farewell with much fanfare and, I can I say, a deep-felt affection by the Australian public. And you're claiming that came from a bite. 
So, again, 2012, the Melbourne Storms, the evil cyborgs themselves up against the uh, the battling bulldogs, Canterbury-Bankstown. Yes. And there's a, a little bit of a uh, contretemps in a potential trike scoring situation down in the corner where I happen to be, Stephen. And the, the protagonists have come up, and in the ensuing melee, it's proven fact that James Graham viciously bit the ear of Billy Slater drew blood, yes. Slater's registered an on-field complaint very clearly as opposed to Sean Johnson, shown the bite mark, yes. shown the blood, mm. the, the medicos have this come is out. This like Tyson-esque. Right? So it's like Tyson versus Holyfield. Yes. The medicos have come out. They've yeah. actually picked up the piece of load. Picked the bit. Yes. Sew it back on, but they, they, couldn't, they couldn't fix it, could they? They've done DNA swabs yes. on everybody. They, they got everything. It's a watertight Covered. case. Yes. Two things happened, Stephen. First of all, James Graham kept playing. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't get sent off. Yeah, not him. He's convicted... 12 weeks. 12 weeks. And to, in my belief, mm. that is when Australia fell in love with James Graham. Yeah, I Be- think the same thing, like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. That's right. Suddenly it's like, we've fallen in love again. That's right. Yeah. Because who hasn't wanted to bite Billy Slater well, at some uh, stage in their and, life? And in the rugby league, uh, you say Appalachian, is it? Yes. Yes. Dog on cat. <laughs> dog, dog, dog on, on cat, cat, right? And let's face it, cats are somewhat diffident as pets, yeah. but dogs love you unconditionally, Stephen. Unconditionally. So, unlike human beings or cats or anybody. So Kevin Proctor is quite rightly feeling somewhat hard done by Hard done by, yeah, yeah. Now, look, let's, let's go further back, shall we? Please. The, the great Bumper Farrell. Oh, yes. Now, Bumper Farrell was known in those days as a hard man uh, who liked to joke, you know, <laughs> loved to joke. Now, not only was he a rugby league player on the weekend, he was a copper. That's up, right. Up the infamous Darlinghurst, where the Darlinghurst jail once was, right near Taylor Square. He, he would he would hold you down with a truncheon. He'd cuff you in a vigorous manner, but he always had a bit of a twinkle in his eye when he always. did it. He's a, he's a larrikin, wasn't he? <laughs> those days. Now, uh, famously, Newtown, you know, were, were one of the toughest teams. In '45, Bumper Farrell was accused of biting off part of opponent Bill McRitchie's ear in a scrum. Now, the scrum is where it all happened. We know that. You know, he vigorously denied the claim, arguing that he didn't have enough teeth left to do such a dastardly thing. Now, that's a fair, fair call, I reckon. So he only had some gums to use as chompers. So McRitchie was a St George player, Stephen. Yes, and um, he, he reeled out of the tackle. Yes, and uh, apparently he said, "For God's sake, let go!" Mm. And then he said, "He he uh, he, Michael Luckin bit me." <laughs> Michael Luckin bit me. Yeah, which was interesting because I'm not even sure that Michael Luck was born he at wasn't. that particular he time, no. but no. he knew to censor his language, and he had blood streaming down his neck and staining the great white jersey, the red oh. and white jersey. More blood, was more red, more and red less than white, white. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of load missing. Yes, he was in the front row. We would. Pass Punch, kick and pummel opposing props in the scrum and then go for a few drinks with them after the game. Such was the lark of the game at the time. But And Farrell's defence was he simply couldn't have done it because in the first round, McRitchie was responsible for a stiff arm on Farrell that was so savage it, savage, it snapped his teeth, leaving nothing but the stubs. Chris, are you getting misty-eyed? <laughs> Those Just, were the days. Why, why, and people go... Peter Volandis goes, rugby league's not entertaining anymore and we have to introduce the oven bell six again rule. Why can't we go back to a situation where a stiff arm can remove a player's teeth and a dentist has to come in and clean up the stubs? Okay, and injuries weren't treated uh, with care the way they are now. Bumper once reacted angrily to an ambulance officer who tried to revive him with smelling salts. Fearing he would look soft for receiving treatment, he denied him, right? <laughs> Off the field, Bumper's job as a police officer saw him display the same disdain for rules <laughs> that made him such a formidable opponent and such a lovable larrikin. Can you imagine under the current HIA protocols, if a trainer tried to take Bumper off, <laughs> yeah. he'd just bite their he ear just off? Bite, yeah, he'd just spill. Well, you know, his nose, Chris, that's and, one of his closest. And you know his, his defence was successful? Yeah. 
because he went up in front of the New South Wales Rugby League Committee in 1945. Phillip Street, yeah. Phillip Street, yeah. or the equivalent thereon. Yeah. And he was exonerated by 15 to 12. 15, Don't you love that? 27 good people yeah. take out their Tuesday night yeah. in order to appear. And you're not telling me there's a pub nearby too, Chris. Quite possibly. And he said... His defence was a man couldn't possibly remove part of an ELA with just his guns, no matter how bloodthirsty he was for revenge. Yep. And this was all a reasonable conclusion until later on some of Bumper's police cat- colleagues revealed the Bumper used to crack walnuts with his gums. Wow. All the fans out here, family, my girlfriend especially. Um, uh, it's just been a tough week for all the wrong reasons, and um, I just look forward to getting back out on the paddock in a couple of weeks and uh, repaying my faith to you guys. Are you like many marketers who have a brand recognition or sales problem? Maybe it's time to consider product placement. I've been watching a great series on Stan Rabbits. On Stan, do you get Stan? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I've been watching a great series called Yellowstone. Oh, so am I. Starring Kevin Costner. We all are. The reason I bring it up is that when I see Kevin Costner, I think of you. I reckon you could have played that part. I know one thing, he looks sick. (laughs) I could see you in a cowboy hat running around. I think of Jimmy. I actually put my spurs on to watch it. (laughs) Joey on the sideline. Yes, Joe? You watching Yellowstone? No. No, I'm not. supposed to say yes, I think we own it. Millions of targeted and engaged consumers are exposed to your brand as they relax and watch their favourite entertainment. Yes, Joey didn't get the memo, did he? Don't you love what I think there is a metaphor for the clash of philosophies in rugby league, Steve? And you've got the the Rabs Gus Sterlo axis, which is structured block play to block play. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the eyes up football of Joey Johns, who refuses to couch out of the system, to toe the party line. And that made him the mercurial player Mm. that he was. The odd man out. Yeah. uh, By the way, Stephen, um, uh, have you been watching Yellowstone on (laughs) (laughs) Stephen? Let's run off a few shows. Oh, Netflix, what a beauty that is. And what about what about Apple Plus? That is an incredible binge. Stan, incredible. Well, Stephen, when I'm looking for ka-ching, entertainment, ka-ching, I, I go ka-ching. straight to Disney Plus. Because, Disney you know, Plus, okay. You know, it's got Baby Yoda on it. Yeah, Baby Yoda. Now, uh, look, for those that think that uh, basically Fire Up just targets the uh, the negative aspects of rugby league, the dark underbelly. How can they say that when that, we just went through biting? I mean, everybody loves a biting everybody story. Everybody loves a bite, but we do get the occasional complaint, but... Chris, um, did you not see St George so valiantly win the other night by two points? You know how glorious it was. You know, even Brought though tears to grown men's eyes. I put personal interest aside, Stephen, because I had tip Parramatta. Because let's face it, there was no basis on which to, which to tip St George Illawarra. But I thought of you. I thought of how much you've suffered. Yeah. I still didn't want a St George to win. <laughs> but then I thought of all those other fans. And uh, was there any more moving sight than when young skipper Cameron McInnes? hugged his coach after the win yeah. and whispered in his ear, thank God Dean Young's taking over next week. 
Yes, and I can't wait to get my new teeth when my, my career is finished. Which... Which is which was why McGuinness has already built the fence. He's got the bumper barrel defence. If he's yeah. ever alleged to bite, he goes, I haven't got the choppers well, to do Well, the problem it. is, Chris, he's only missing one major front tooth, so they'll see the evidence immediately. <laughs> There'll be a great big gap in the middle. Well, his defence will be, they'll go, were there any bite marks? And there'll only, so there'll only just be a bite mark. There's only be one tooth. So ah, he'll go, mm, there must have been some other, mm. some other creature. Now on the text line, which is 0409-945-945, Steve Lenane broke my heart when he eye-gouged Greg Alexander in the 80s. I would have preferred him to be a biter. Could have forgiven that yeah, from Brad. I, there's no doubt about it that in, on that overarching dog act that a bite doesn't get anywhere near, as Steve is suggesting, the... Um, Gouge. Right. Chris, uh, the great Ben Barber. One of the. Speak of Mercurial. Mercurial. Well, I mean, really, you know, one of the great leading lights of rugby league, but uh, sort of fell from grace slightly, and uh, he's uh, up in front of a magistrate at the moment, isn't he? Or has been. Did you, did you take issue with this as I did, Stephen? I mean, a beautiful little play there, I think, with Paul Gallen to lead to a try in the 2016 grand final, turning off porch lights all over the Shire, yeah, yeah. bringing redemption to a group of people, Sharks fans, who, let's face it, have suffered enormously. No, I, don't, I disagree. I don't think they need any redemption, Chris. And, and he goes out and in a weak moment, he does a little bit of celebrating and he's, you know, hauled up, you know, Kevin Proctor style, he's yeah. hauled up in front of... The powers that be, and yep. the career sort of goes into freefall, and mm. and then some of his behaviour isn't justifiable, I think. But uh, well, what's what's he got? What trouble has he got into recently? Well, he's had um, some issues on the personal front, and then mm. um, and then there was an incident involving a family member, I think, that had him in front of a magistrate recently. I don't want to know about that. Okay, incidents, but anyway, so uh, he was given some sort of reprieve, I believe, by the magistrate, who said, "Yes, we won't, we won't stop your future career. He's moving to Spain to play rugby league for the Valencia Hurricanes." Now, I, I don't know who this magistrate is, but they clearly know nothing about rugby league, no. <laughs> because if he's saying, "I'm not going to get in the way of your career," and you play for the Valencia Hurricanes in Spain, right? I think your career is pretty much done. Magistrate Morton summed it up by saying, "You've gone from the penthouse to the shit house in the blink of an eye." <laughs> And again, that's modern modern judiciary at work. <laughs> I tell you what, I, we need like, we needed Magistrate Morton uh, on board during the Proctor def- uh, biting incident. Mm. I think, yep. but again, probably betrays his or her lack of understanding of rugby yep. league. I don't think if you're playing for the Sharks, you could ever argue you're in the penthouse, could you? No, no, that's true. <laughs> Chris, yeah. he obviously doesn't understand rugby league in the pecking no. order, does he? No, no you'd be. You'd be, you'd be bungalow, I think. Bungalow, you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're not talking Hollywood Hills bungalow. <laughs> we're certainly not. <laughs> anyway, good luck on your Ben and off you go. Now, talking about far-flung places, Woi Woi. Yes. What a great community. And first of all, the oyster farmers, we salute you. Hello. And uh, it is it is like the Ozark of Australia, isn't it? You know, Woi Woi. I, I always get a bit of a tingle when I um, go up to the Central Coast, Stephen, but, you yeah. know, there's a powder for that. And um, uh, <laughs> fungal thing or something like that. But uh, I love the Central Coast. I love Gosford. I love the lakes. I love everything yeah. about it. And yeah. I certainly love Woi Woi because it's, you know, along the lines of your minor yep. and Terrigal and places like that, it is rugby league heartland. Now, can I just say those dastardly Easter Suburbs team, the Roosters. Apparently they own what we now know as the the, uh, the, uh, the Spike Milligan Community Centre. Now these community centres they're like where, you know, people who retire people who are unemployed, people who just need a friend somewhere to have a little quiet drink at good cheap prices for the average resident. 
Valuable spaces. You're right, talking about the Woi Woi Leagues Club. The Woi Woi Leagues Club, yeah. And let's 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 face it. You know, the Northern Eagles tried to bring rugby league to the Central Coast and didn't succeed. Yep. East Leagues just go on a property grab. They swooped on it. They swooped yeah. as the Roosters are prone to they do. They tried this at uh, Waverley, didn't they? They did. Yeah. You know, said, "Oh, we're buying the bowling club. We're mm. going to turn it into a community asset. Hello, an aged care facility." Yes, right. You know, and what sort of profit. rates are they charging? Yeah, that's right. So they're at it again. They're at it again. So at they, it again. They swooped into Woi Woi's Leagues Club, which yeah. let's face it. The community needs a place where it can go and drink and gamble whenever it wants, Stephen. Yeah. And this is not part of the Eastern Suburbs uh, remit, is it? Well, I mean... Hello? I, I know um, Berejiklian is no Bjorki Peterson when it comes to gerrymander, but she might be redrawing the electoral boundaries as we speak, Stephen, because right. it's been unprecedented, uncharted times. But essentially in 2012, they entered into a joint venture as a part of the alleged Roosters support for league on the Central Coast. Yep. You know, they occasionally play at the old Singo Blue Tongue Stadium. <laughs> um, and uh, as soon as something difficult happened, i.e. COVID-19, what do you think they did, Stephen? What did they do, Chris? Shut it down. Shut it down. And uh, so they're at it again. That, look, I'm not happy about it. But anyway, Robbo was flying high until last week, Chris. Now, they could blame the injury toll. But I don't think... That's necessarily telling the full story. I think the cracks are showing with Robbo and the Roosters. What do you think? Well, I don't think he's happy about what happened at a boy with Stephen because there are some employees alleging that they were, didn't receive owed termination pay. And the plans have been revealed that the Roosters are going to... Guess what they're going to turn it into, Stephen? Aged care facility. Hello, an aged care facility for profit. But uh, given the, the, you know, the bad rip, it's got to be a fairly upmarket uh, aged care facility, I'd imagine. Yeah, that'd be right. You know, sort of, you know, for... for full, full services. Exactly. Yeah. And... And Robbo, who's egalitarian at all times, yes, yes. this sits uncomfortably with him. Yes, it does. And the Roosters are not prepared to comment on the matter at the moment. Why? Because it's a legal matter. That's typical. <laughs> and, and Robbo goes, well, there's the Roosters way. He's been very much about describing the Roosters way. Mm. And I think he's probably looked at the Waverley incident yeah. and the Woiwoi incident. Yeah. And he said, you know what? Yeah. Someone's talking to me here. It's time for me to go. Is he looking for his parachute? I believe so. Trying to get out. That's now, right. we, well-known Francophile, took all the players across to France to visit all the war sites, but also some of the cultural high spots as well. Played in France himself. Apparently sat down the kiddies. I reckon uh, with Taz Bateria. He would have played with Taz Bateria. Right. <laughs> sat the kiddies down, you know, Clark Griswold style. Yes. And said, we're going on a European vacation. Well, not a European. We're going to France. And they go, all right, again, so, Robbo, again. You, was this part of your childhood, Stephen, when, you know, the parents said, kids, we've got something exciting to tell you. Yeah. We're going on a budget tour of the west coast of the United States and we're going to Disneyland. And, I mean, that was probably, in my um, fairly uneventful childhood, the most exciting thing that ever happened, Stephen. Yes. So can you imagine the Robinson kiddies being gathered together, yes. full of anticipation. Here's our father, and yeah. here's the tip, a renaissance man, yes. saying, I've got some wonderful news here. And they're going, what's happening? Are we upgrading? Even I mean, the Gold Coast would do. We, we, we bought a, you know, a weekender up on the Gold Coast yeah. because we're flying high, we're winning premierships, we're part of the eastern suburbs machine that's you know, building aged care facilities and huge riches are going to be heaped on my father's head. Yeah. And he gets together, Stephen, and he sits them down and he the goes, kiddies. Demain, c'est le grand jour. Whoa! Which, of course, is French for tomorrow's game day. And tomorrow's he gives them, game day. He gives them the Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> oh, and no. He goes, we're off to Bordeaux or yeah. something. Sure, I mean, how crestfallen sure, the, the Robinson oh, kiddies The eyes are rolling back in their heads and they're going to sleep at that point. <laughs> they go, Dad, we have friends here. Wow, this Robert. is Australia. What are you doing to us? But you see, Robert's smart enough to plan his get out before he gets pushed like everybody else. Yes, now, brilliant. Okay. Bit redundancy. Now, isn't it great to see the Democratic Convention recently? This man back again. I kind of fired up. <laughs>
the outstanding work of a, another Francophile there, Abigail from number 96, covering Serge Gainsbourg's and Jane Birkin's Je t'aime. It was a struck match which version we're going to play, Stephen, but we support here at FBI Australian Music, particularly music that generates from uh, Sydney. And, of course, Abigail played the great Bev Horton in number 96. Nobody and can forget that, Chris. I can't. And no. my parents, I don't know why my mum is listening this morning, so a shout-out to her. We're a liberal household, Stephen, and so most of my education in relation to those matters that you were talking about involving biting came from watching number 96. Is that right? And there was a... Joe Hashem? Yeah, well, there was a magnificent moment between Abigail playing Bev and Joe Hashem playing Don Finlayson. Don Finlayson. Where where they established that they were never able to get together because The magic wasn't there. Don was proudly gay as opposed to Mm. any current rugby league You're telling me that Aldo was a biter. (laughs) Aldo Godolphus. I, I, I could talk... At length about the bombing where we lost oh. Aldo and Roma Godolphus, Les Whitaker, Les Whitaker, and Miles, who was a bit player, but it was one of the more explosive, pun intended, matters on Australian TV. And Abigail was a tremendous part of the oeuvre, Stephen, mm-hmm. and, and the celebration of all things French. And, yeah. and we, and you know, sensuous, Chris. And you know it what brought Australia into the. What century? I don't know. That's perhaps right. Perhaps the press for the French Renaissance. It, can I say it was um, transcendent and transformative? Yes, you can. And can we simply say to Coach Robinson, bon voyage and au revoir. And enjoy, yeah. <laughs> a la Francais. Now, uh, look, one, I, this just, talking to all things sensual and, and bubbles and baths and massages and all things French and Buzz Boils. Rockville comes to mind somehow. <laughs> That's right. You know, just, automatically I just leaped at Buzz. Now, Buzz has made this insightful comment. I don't even know if he used a calculator or if he used his iPad or what, but he has worked out because much discussion has been had at the moment about the injury toll that this new entertainment style rugby league is wreaking havoc upon the code. Last night, Melbourne reached, I think, 11 players off the, fi- off the field, unavailable through injury. Roosters. A million? It, well, no, the Roosters are... Well, this is the thing is is that Buzz, we're talk, talking about where he sits in the pecking order and he's yeah. slipping, so he's trying to appear relevant. So of he's come he's... up with the idea that he's become a rugby league actuary. Right. right. And he can actually look at who's injured on the on the bench and yeah. assess the value of them. Yes, yes. So That's a very detailed process. Normally, uh, I guess, accustomed to insurance companies working out the value they don't have to pay when they have to pay out somebody, correct? That, that's right. So if, if I can go through some of the names currently yes. on that Melbourne bench, Please, Stephen, yes. and what image does it conjure up in your mind? First mm. of all, the immortal Lucifer himself, Cameron Smith, yeah. on the bench. Herman himself, Cameron Munster, on the bench injured. Right. Last week they got Fanukin. Yeah. Uh, Hughes. Was that a snap thigh? <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Vunavalu. Yes. And then last night, Brandon Smith, the block of cheese, looks like he's done a depressed fracture of his cheekbone or a jaw or something well, like that. He, he looked, his eyes looked vacant and dead, didn't they? Yeah. Can, can I say, rugby league is not like a mash unit right now, Stephen. It's worse than that. It's the first 20 minutes of saving Private Ryan. So they put a price, a value on this. Yeah, so Buzz values the horse flesh. Yes. On the bench, and then gives this great insight. It goes, Well, there's five million dollars not playing. Well, hang on, just around five. What does that tell us? Around five. That's not like five, yeah, five million, four hundred thousand, yeah. three hundred and twenty two dollars and ten cents. Telegraph journalist. Tell it around it off for the idiots, right? Well, Buzz, I'm not sure about that, but talking about Melbourne. Do you know how much I don't like Melbourne, Chris? I'm very aware of that. Mm. And, and given that Volandis has introduced the oven bell six again and, you know, h- harsher uh, penalties for the crusher, though young Cooper Johns, Matty's boy, came out last night. I thought he looked a little robotic. He's a rugby league for, uh, factory, that, that Matty Johns. He's yeah, got yeah. two, hasn't he, in the coat of the Yeah, he's got Jack and the rabbits. And, oh, my and, God. And then Cooper is on report for a crusher tackle, yeah, so he's yeah. fitted right into yeah. the Bellamy system. But do you feel with this faster, crusher-less, maybe game... 
that you are enjoying watching football more or are you still obsessed with watching Melbourne and the wrestle? Well, I'm actually... You Look, I think Vlanders has done the right thing. I'm actually watching it more, but I think there are repercussions, as you said, about injuries. Um, but, of course, Melbourne find ways, don't they, to introduce a new move to basically, uh, dare I say, incapacitate the enemy, the opposition. The- and uh, Jesse Bromwich has come into play. Now, Jesse's one of the big men. Yes. And uh, he's... Uh, now Kevin's fa- mate, yeah, incidentally. Now they got the hip drop. Boy, these boys have been in the press this week, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. So the, the hip drop. Is this like the hokey pokey? <laughs> well, Turn, it- twist, drop, crack. You, you know there's that uncomfortable matter involving Brisbane Broncos coach Anthony Seabold, and they brought in the European cyber sleuth, Stephen, because oh, yeah. people on an online world, mm. the bad people always seem to be one step ahead, yeah. right? So the bad governments people. who are slow in matters pertaining to technology, mm. they come in and they stamp something out, i.e. the crush attack, or now mm. it's more points, you're going to get set off. And Melbourne and the cyborgs and the Bellamy go, doesn't matter, we've moved on, no. and you've got the Bromwich hip drop. Wow. The Bromwich hip drop... Mm essentially is designed to drop the full weight of your person what on the tackle player on their exposed kilogram. ankle. Right, and you know ankles are made of many, many small moving Talking parts. Talking about having thigh bones, the right. ankles can just go like bag of chips. We witnessed Olam, one of the other players I've never heard of before. But Justin he, Olam, you know, he, you know who he plays for? Uh, who? Uh, at a representative level, he plays for Papua New Guinea. And, Stephen, I have a fact for you. We're talking about the bad people. Haven't have Papua New Guinea been taken over by China recently? <laughs> and when I say China, I mean the Communist Party. I don't mean the Chinese people. The good people of China, I mean the Communist Party. <laughs> uh, uh, Huawei. Um, uh, uh, Justin plays for Papua New Guinea. And did you know, Stephen? Don't tell me, Chris. Rugby league I'm completely... is the national sport in Papua no. New Guinea. Well, what's he doing here? Because he can't play against quality teams over there. No, the hardest play up in the Queensland Cup, but there's no Queensland Cup right now. The Catherine Wheel. He delivered a Catherine Wheel last <laughs> night, which put a player literally like Cirque du Soleil style around in one complete... Well, not deliberately. Well, he didn't deliberately do it himself as the player. It was almost balletic. It was Mitch Moses. And, of course, Mitch Moses, you know what he did when he was put into the Catherine Wheel, Stephen? He blew up Deluxe. I'm assuming he vomited as well. And you know what? The refs did nothing because they're so used to Mitchell Moses blowing up Deluxe, they thought nothing of it. Just another day. Fortunately, he went on to play. And what I call the Nelson flop. Now, Nelson, (laughs) um, a sofa. Solomono? Solomonu? No, no. Nelson is after Solomono. Solomono. I will never make it as a commentator in rugby league. He never will. He looks like a huge, angry... Huge is not... Oh, my God. Huge, angry... Man, and it turns out he is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got the shoulder charge last night, allegedly. Can I say how he, politically incorrect rugby league it is? Probably the last bastion of testosterone in action. Is that right, Chris? That's right. It doesn't work anywhere else, does it? And, and, he, and, he, and it was last week, I think, he, he Nelson dropped onto poor old Mitch Orbison's wrist. Yep. And what about, did you catch off the Melbourne bench last night, Stephen, Darren Schonig? Yes, another new a new gun. Another cyborg. Yes. Sort of like, he looks like an amalgam between Nelson and Have Sofa Have you heard the when he comes on? And Brandon Smith, yeah. Right. And what was he sporting on his head? Well, okay, Chris, Madigan style. He had no hair all the way up. Manningly style. Yeah, all the way up to the top of his head. And then he had this great big sort of rug on top, didn't he? The 2020 Rugby League mullet, which seems to have dispensed with the sideburns. And I was wondering why that was. And fortunately, Rugby League expert Freddie Fitler clarified it. He said COVID-19 has attacked attacked the sideburns. We've got sideboards as well. That's right. Sideburn, sideboard, doesn't matter. All the hair on the side is COVID. The virus versus the cyborgs. Um, If that's not... The next Terminator, because Dark Fate did no good, Stephen. If that's not the next Terminator movie, then I'm Bumper Farrell. 
I know. Now, talking of bumper and, and, and biting, there's been a couple of texts. One of them, a cheeky nibble in the game of rugby league can be seen as an act of affection, similar to a sneaky bum tap or a uh, snap grab on the cha- on the change rooms. Yes. Was that Josh Reynolds? That's from that Pat. Oh, Pat. Okay. Pat, yeah. Not our Pat, another Pat. Now, Chris, one last thing here before we go. Uh, would you uh, would you applaud the overlord, PVL, Volandis, etc., in his bid to convince the, the government that he can safely put 50,000 people in for a grand final? Stephen, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I, I, I don't know whether... The I overlord... noticed you're losing your sideburns at a rapid rate. <laughs> That's right. I cannot hold on to them. But let's look at the data. I've looked really, really closely at the yeah, data, Stephen. Yeah. The numbers and the risks in society, if we don't get Stephen taking it seriously, in my right. view. Okay. Well, we, we live in hope and we saw the... We trust him. In, in Volandis, we trust. We've got to trust someone, Stephen. Okay. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!